0: The MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan.
1: Binance is the world's largest crypto exchange, founded in 2017 by Zhang Peng Zhao, or CZ as he is known. The company's operated in South Africa for several years, but an interesting development is the appointment of Hannes Vessels, formerly a senior investment banker as country manager in South Africa. Binance has big plans in the works, including offering futures and already offers a range of financial products that challenges the banks and payments companies. Now, one of these products is Binance Pay, which is a method of transacting at lightning speed and very low cost. Well, let's get into this. Welcome, Hannes. First time you've been on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. Tell us a bit about yourself and your career in banking and most importantly, what motivated your move into crypto?
2: Hi, and good afternoon, Kieran, and good afternoon to everybody. Yeah, so i been with HSBC for just over 20 years, two decades. Basically, climbing the corporate ladder, I started back in the day with a guy called Tom Marks, and we wanted to get uh, a bank up and running. So we were tasked with the SARP to get a banking license. We worked through that project. I then moved into the bank as I started up. Uh, HSBC Bank, PLC, Johannesburg branch is, is still known today. And then worked my way up through the investment banking until I was head of investment banking in South Africa, but also for the payments of cash management business. And i found that particular bit very interesting i think you know seeing how the payments association of south africa works basically how the big amounts and the big values uh, in south africa flows between the big five banks now obviously we've been capitech into that as well a uh, fascinating space and I, I think we always underestimate how much money actually flows especially towards the last three or four days in the month you know since people pay on the 25th and obviously month end when uh, most of those debit orders go fascinating to see that but also i think That system has its own challenges, and uh, I've been watching that quite carefully. And then, you know, 2017, 2018 uh, onwards, I started being very interested in crypto and the blockchain. And then we went through that bull run in 2021. And I think that caught a lot of people's attention. And I think as, as I watched this space at that stage from the outside, I realized that, you know, it's not only about Bitcoin. I think a lot of people talk about Bitcoin only. You start realizing the value of Ethereum. The moment you start looking at the value of Ethereum, you start looking at well, hang on, there's a, there's a firm called Binance as well, and this looks quite quite good, you know, and I started following them. And then I also watched as that uh, BNB coin of ours started coming up through the ranks and the power of the platform, you know. So I think as you start looking at the coin specifically, you, you start looking at various platforms. I've found this one to be particularly good. Um, and then, yeah, I got to a stage in my career where uh, I was head of investment banking for almost three years. It was time for my next career move, and um, this role came up. And I realised when I saw it on LinkedIn. I said, "Well, this this is really interesting. thing I want to pursue." This. So you now I'm on midway in my career. I'm uh, I'm 47 uh, this weekend. So yeah, if, uh, if you know if my health holds, uh, then hopefully I've got another good 20 years ahead of me. And uh, yeah, time to uh, segue into that second career now.
1: Well, congratulations on the 47th birthday coming up on the weekend. Uh, and I hope that 20 years is going to be as much of a rocket ride as your career in banking was. Let's uh, talk about the the FSCA, which put out a notice about a year ago, which was prohibiting Binance from doing any kind of futures, options, margin or leverage trading. Is that notice still in effect?
2: No, it's been redacted, so and withdrawn. Um, we are working closely with our partners at Five West. They act as our juristic partner. And we have now, with them as our partner, registered at the FSCA. So that's fully registered on that basis, on a JV basis. And at the end of the month, we're going to relaunch that product, future specifically. I think when it comes to options, some of the other derivatives, we will do that in good time. We want to get this platform going first. I think just to look at the product per se, it's very popular within the institutional client base. And we have a a number of institutional clients in South Africa. But we want to do this right way because one of the reasons why I came on board, we want to make sure that we comply with all the rules and legislation in a country. And our founder is very, very clear about this. He wants to drive regulation. He wants to adopt regulation. And he wants to make the entire space in the blockchain and crypto industry, safe for users to use. So, yeah, that's our approach.
1: Well, you mentioned Five West, and as it happens, we've just invited Omar Iqbal, who is the CEO of Five West, which is based down in Cape Town, on the line. I'm quite keen to hear from you, Omar. What is the impact of this on your business? And you have a, what is called a, a jurisdictional partnership with Binance.
0: Yes. Hi, guys. Absolute pleasure to be on again. And thanks for having me on. Firstly, I'd like to say Binance being the world's leading blockchain ecosystem and cryptocurrency infrastructure provider. It's an absolute pleasure to be partnering up with them. Um, and yeah, we started communicating with Binance a few months ago just so that we could get them regulated in South Africa. Binance being the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world, we really wanted to partner up with them and open up the futures market again because there is such scope in the South African market that we thought Binance would be the best player in the market to be, to be joining forces with. Um, Five West, as you probably know, is uh, FSP and we are regulated under the Financial Services Providers Act, so under the FSCA. And what we try to do there is we agreed with Binance to make them a juristic rep so in order for them to be able to offer futures trading in South Africa. Um, that being said, we do know that a few years ago there was a warning issued against Binance, which we are working with the FSCA currently to get that either retracted or for them to issue a notice saying that Binance is now regulated and they can offer futures trading. So we very stoked that we can hopefully work with the FSCA to get that removed or if not even removed, but issue a statement stating that they are now licensed and regulated to be operating in South Africa. So, yeah, very happy with the partnership and looking forward to working with them. I think it's going to be both beneficial for Binance to be able to offer futures trading and for Five West to also gain traction in the market with the new um, products and, and offerings that we currently are offering.
1: Okay, Hannes, just to pick up on that point there, you said that the notice had been withdrawn, uh, but it sounds from what Omar is saying that there's, there's some regulatory hurdle that's still got to be cleared before you can offer futures again. So where do we stand on that at the moment?
2: Now, so as we stand, we are cleared, but it's a case of it's, it's not a regulatory hurdle, it's more the surveillance that's behind the agreement. So obviously, Omar and Company at Five is acting as um, a juristic partner. They can get inspected and uh, audited by the regulator at any stage. Obviously, it's incumbent on us as Binance to make sure they're in the best position to do that. We share information freely between the two parties. Um, so it's a case of just being transparent and visible uh, between the two.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to step in there and say Binance has now been regulated in South Africa. So so what we did is Binance is now a juristic rep of 5 West. So now there are offer three to offers, offer futures trading in South Africa. Um, so what we're trying to currently work on with the FSCA, like I've said previously, is the fact that they need to issue a statement confirming that Binance is regulated, and then we can work on removing um, the warning that was issued against them. But as we stand now, Binance is ready to launch at the end of the month, and we are looking very forward to launching it and absolutely taking this to the moon, as they're saying, in the crypto world, because I think, like I have said before, Binance is the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. The futures market is booming. Everyone wants to trade in the futures market. And I think it's going to be an absolute success um, with this partnership that we have. So we are working with the FSCA. We have regular communications with them. We have another call with them tomorrow to be able to just get a, a clear path of how we're going to be moving forward and when they're going to be issuing us confirming that. Finance is now regulated and is free to offer futures trading to South Africans.
1: Hannes, just a step in here. So you're pretty soon are going to be launching a suite of new products, futures. It sounds like that's going to be coming up, what, within weeks or, or months. Tell us a bit about that and what kind of futures are we talking about?
2: So, yeah, so just back to the futures bit, uh, Kitten, yes. So that's, that's futures on crypto itself. So you will take a, out a futures contract on a specific coin. Um, let's take Bitcoin or Ethereum as an example. And that will obviously, it's, it's like a normal futures contract in the in traditional finance space where you take a futures contract on a currency or on a financial instrument like a bond. In this case, you just take it on a, on a, on a crypto coin, so either Bitcoin and Ethereum, and it gives you the obligation then to deliver uh, at a later stage so very very much like you note in the traditional space it gets marked to market on a almost a live basis on our platform so you you, you buy the futures contract you post your margin and then as the instrument move up and down obviously it adjusts your your margin as you would see in a normal stockbroking account so very similar uh, as you would see very familiar I would say as you would see on a stockbroking account it's just now linked to crypto
1: Okay. Some interesting possibilities arise when you start doing futures trading. I mean, if you look at traditional futures trading, you talk about mark to market, which is basically uh, adjusting the price. And if there's any liability to the client that is marked up at the end of the day, you're going to be doing this on a live basis. Uh, Is there leverage going to be available as well for people who want to trade futures?
2: Yeah. So there will be different leverage levels. Um, again, I think for stability, district, this is more aimed at the institutional market and there's a large number of these clients already active in South Africa. Um, so yeah, we always firstly ask people to please educate themselves on the product, make sure you understand the leverage, make sure you understand the mechanics. But yes, we do offer that leverage. And then, you know, for the more sophisticated uh, clients out there, it's a wonderful product because, you know, if used correctly and you use it for aging purposes, you can take out a position because crypto is notoriously uh, volatile at this stage. And you can protect yourself against that volatility. So for an asset manager, for instance, that need to protect his client base, it's an ideal instrument for that.
1: Fascinating. Okay, I'm intrigued by this general move that we're seeing with crypto companies into the traditional banking space. You've got a product called Binance Pay. Maybe it's not a product, it's a system, which is basically – allows you to or allows your customers to transfer payments pretty much to anybody anywhere in the world. Uh, People who think of cryptos as a speculative asset should really start paying attention to some of these developments that are happening around the payment space using blockchain. So maybe just explain what Binance Pay is and is this a move into the traditional banking space?
2: I think starting with that last part of the question, in a sense it is um, where we come from. I think there's a lot of social element to it. And if you look at South Africa as a whole, there's still a large part of the population basically not included in the financial system I mean, we look at players like Capitec. they've done a wonderful job i think to include more people but now there's there's still a lot of people specifically in the rural communities who's, who's not included and the you know I take you back to 2008 2009 and the original Bitcoin white paper where the, the whole premise of the concept was to provide a peer-to-peer payment system without the need for a centralized Intermediary. And that's basically what we've taken forward with Binance Pay. And let's take an example: I'm a Binance Pay user, you're a Binance Pay user. I can pay you on an agreed value in a currency or coin that I hold into a coin that you hold. So let's say um I've got Bitcoin, you've got Ethereum, we agree on a value of X Bitcoin or X Ethereum, I then pay you that value. The platform converts that into the value that you want. And you receive it in the coin that you have. So it becomes uh, what David would calls the debate between public money and private money. And this is a way to, to, to transmit value on a, on a private money platform.
1: Right. And, and in order to participate this, you have to have a wallet with Binance, presumably.
2: That's right. I mean, this is not at any stage a way to monopolize this. Most of the large exchanges have a wallet. And yes, as a normal crypto wallet. So let's say you've got a wallet at competitor X uh, in Bitcoin. The, you will simply give that wallet address to me and I will transfer it to your wallet address using my Binance Pay app. So it's not only Binance to Binance. I think it works fast on a Binance to Binance basis, but to, to any other wallet, it's equally effective
1: i mean it 's really interesting if you start looking at remittances, which is an, you know an African thing or it 's an emerging market thing where you 've got this diaspora, this community that works outside the country and then they remit money back to families at home now, in some of these countries I was looking this up recently, like Gambia, it accounts for twenty four or twenty five percent of the economy in other countries like Kenya and, and some of the central African countries it's you know four or five percent of the economy comes from remittances, so this is huge. So what has the take up been like uh, since you launched this?
2: In South Africa. We've seen some of the numbers yesterday. It's growing very well because South Africa has got uh, a sophisticated financial system. I think within the borders of the South African economy and the payments association of South Africa, there, there's there's still a lot of payments being made within the banking world. The moment you you move cross border, and let's say you have a Zimbabwean father who comes to work in South african but the family is still in Zimbabwe, then it becomes very difficult to send money back home. Um, you need to basically work through the South African banking system via the dollar network back into the Zimbabwean system. And the time that takes and the cost it takes is it becomes prohibitive for people who who operates and live in, the, in some of the lower income parts of the economy. Now, if you take a app like Binance Pay, if, if you, you transmit a part of your salary or your earnings into crypto, presumably the father's got a wallet and the family and the mother's got a wallet back in Zimbabwe you can transfer that in 10 seconds at 0.1% of the value. That becomes very attractive. So, you know, the transmission of value cross-border for people who are not part of the traditional uh, banking system, I think that's particularly powerful.
1: I mean, this is a market which is just begging to be disrupted and broken up because if you look at the fees that are charged by the banks, they, they go up to sometimes 20%. People doing small transactions from, let's say, South Africa to Kenya are paying twelve, eighteen, twenty percent, and you're coming in at point one percent.
2: Yeah, and for us it's about it is about that empowerment. Yes, it's a business. Yes, um, it's a commercial concern, and we we in it for for sustenance as well. But I think the contrast between the two is so stark that we hope that more people adopt this. I think at 0.1%, most people can justify making the move. I think under that, you know, most, most firms I don't think will be able to justify it. So I think it's very attractive from that perspective. And hopefully people pick us up on that.
1: And opening up a, a Bitcoin account is free, right? It's free. There is, and again, uh, referring back to
2: uh, the type of business we do with Homa and them, we are regulated. So we do need to follow, and we follow that very strictly, the regulations in terms of FICO in terms of opening account. But at least we're not, not going to charge you to open an account. But there, there is some regulation, but we've become very effective at that. We employ various AI technologies to make sure that we're linked to the Department of Home Affairs when it comes to ID numbers. We take a picture with your cellular phone of your of, of your face and basically get, get a profile of you for, for security reasons. And then obviously, as the South Africans, we need to verify your address. But that, that's all part of FICA. That's something a bank will ask you for. That's something a lot of the cell phone companies ask you for. So it's not like we ask you anything... Uh, out of the ordinary, but we are quite strict when it comes to that.
0: So uh, just to add on to what Hannes has just said, finance already had very good compliance in place when you onboarding people, but we've also, according to what the FSCA wants, they want proof of addresses or where the person stays, IDs, selfies to make sure that everything is matching up to exactly what the FSCA and other authorities and regulators want. Finance has implemented all of that for not only just futures trading, but also for for spot trading in South Africa, which makes it pretty much bank level KYC. So it's going to be an exceptional way for, for people to be onboarded and for them to be completely compliant and for Binance to stay completely compliant according to exactly what the regulators would need from them.
1: And I guess it's also fair to say that uh, they operating under your jurisdictional license, uh, 5 West would be on the hook if anything goes wrong. So I'm sure that you've, you're ticking all the boxes correctly.
0: That's exactly correct. Um, Both our compliance teams meet on a weekly basis and we discuss exactly what went through um, we randomly select or, or will start selecting transactions, um, KYC documents, etc., AML documents, just to make sure that everything that Binance is collecting is in accordance with what the regulators want. And this is why our compliance teams are meeting um, every single week to ensure that we're always on the good side of the law and make sure that we're as completely compliant as possible in order to be uh for longevity, uh, if I may
1: say. Okay, Hannes, so I, I wanted to ask you about the story of Binance, which is fascinating. Here's a company that started five five years ago and became the largest crypto exchange in the world. In South Africa, if I'm not mistaken, you are the second largest crypto exchange. Just give us an idea. What? How do you account for that? Because the company itself is headquartered in Singapore. Is that correct? That's right. And so what is the story behind that? Because you've got Coinbase, which is now a listed company. You've got Kraken. You've got some very large exchanges, yet Binance has beaten them all. And it's got its own ecosystem and it's got its own coin, which is BNB. And that's the fifth largest coin in terms of market cap. So there's really quite a story here. What is the, the explanation for that?
2: I think it goes very much back to the the founding philosophy of CZ and I mean, he you know the BNB coin now stands for bold and bold, and he's absolutely relentless, and it's magnificent to behold. Is that we just continue innovating, we continue building, and you just uh, continue leaning into whatever whatever the industry wants. I mean, a lot of the platform. We had a look at some of the first versions, and it was good, but then we said, well, we don't want to be good; we want to be the best, and we built something that's up to par with the best trading platforms in the world you look at the the futures platform i think it's the way that moves uh and it, you know that marks the market your margin your collateral on a on a live basis there's very few systems that can do that in the world you then look at stuff like our nft platform uh the way that trades the way you accommodate and bring smart contracts into that space i think that's something that's particularly exciting um and it's going to be very relevant in the future of, uh, of property and the record of property rights. So, yeah, just to get back to the question, that's exactly how CZ sees the world. And he wants to change the world for the better, and he wants to use crypto for that. And, uh, yeah, we move fast, and uh, we, we make sure we build a high-quality product for wherever we go.
1: Right, and of course it's a centralized exchange. So people in crypto, they they hear terms like decentralized and Binance is unapologetically a centralized exchange. And there's advantages in doing that because you can control the outcomes much easier. But I think for developers as well who want to build, and if you look at the number of apps that are developed, for example, on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, each of those could be the equivalent of a bank, and a lot of them are in terms of size. And the same is happening with Binance, where you, you, you pretty much – developers are moving towards the the Binance smart chain because they find it easier to use. And the fact that it is centralized, they see advantages in that. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. And I think, you, again, we need to contrast centralized versus decentralized. We prefer for blockchains to be decentralized. I think that's quite important. You look at the, the proof-of-work uh, methodology behind Bitcoin. That is decentralized. But when it comes to attracting developers, and I think that's a very important point, you need to follow the developers to, to gauge the relevance of a platform. Because there are very good platforms out there, very good coins out there, but the developers find it difficult to work with. We found that specific with Ethereum and also obviously also on our side, we make sure that it's easy to use. And I remind everybody that we, we are a platform, we are, we are an exchange. We don't develop it. We invite people to work with us to develop their products towards that um and i think that's where it's it's open source you can look at something like our api you know that's published on our website yes we want people to talk to us but for us that type of partnership is very important so that we can work with you and we can plug your systems into ours we'd like to think of ourselves as the, the tesla of crypto and we avail a lot of this code publicly
1: I mean, we've spoken about some of the trends that are happening, you know, within the Binance ecosystem, the launch of futures, for example, Binance Pay, the encroachment onto into traditional financial sector markets, you know, like stock exchanges. The tokenization of the economy is something that is just going to be overwhelming in the years to come. It's a question I want to direct to both of you. Hannes, if we can start with you, what are the big trends in crypto that we should be looking for in the next few years?
2: We talked about um – but again just to reiterate that that's going to be a big and important one for us then i also want to look at the nft world i think you know that's people associate that with you know the board at your club and all pictures of apes and stuff it's a that part of it i see as a social experiment basically because a lot of the stuff is community driven uh, and it works very well within a community but it's not about the jpeg it's not about the picture it's about the securitization or the securing of property rights to a specific asset and in this case the asset is a picture i think if you replicate that into the property market the real estate market you replicate that in the vehicle market uh where have got the e-nate system and in the property market you've got the deeds office it's absolutely ideal for that um, it gives you that decentralized but very secure platform where you can record property rights And it's very easy to shift and manage from that. So I think for me, that's going to be the biggest development going forward. And then obviously, if we can connect Africa by the Binance Pay and other payment applications, that'll be a big big win for us socially. And
1: Omar, what do you reckon are the big trends we should be looking for?
0: I think the biggest trends um, that we would be looking for is that the institutional adoption of the crypto ecosystem is probably the biggest that it's going to be. Uh, more and more institutions are getting into crypto. And I think it's the adoption is just going to be widespread in the future. Um, so I think that one is a big one to look forward to. Also, DeFi powering more use cases. So the concept basically involving traditional financial transactions that take place on the blockchain. I think that would be a massive win for the crypto community as well as just how the world's working currently. I think it would just be a benefit to to all with that. And then like Hannes has mentioned, I think NFT is basically tokenizing everything like real estate. So I think, yeah, those are the three major ones that I would be really looking forward to. And I think would be taking over the world in the next few years.
1: Hannes, just going back to you for a minute, let's talk about Binance Coin, BNB. Uh, It is the fifth largest cryptocurrency in terms of market cap. And it's been there for quite some time. Why has it grown so popular?
2: I start looking at this like a business. I look at the the coin itself is almost parallel to a stock that's issued on a stock exchange it's not exactly the same but i'm I'm, just stick with me while i use the analogy of course as an exchange it generates free cash flow as an exchange it generates earnings and that earnings you know you you almost need to start looking at it from a retained earnings perspective you need to start looking at from it uh, on an earnings yield and a dividend yield perspective and because the exchange has grown so much it obviously that like any stock I suppose that would have would have been the successful, the value of the coin would increase. So you mentioned earlier Kiran, we number five. I think in that top five, there's two stable coins. If you take the two stable coins out, we basically number three after Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh yeah, considering everything we've said, I mean, I'm definitely not giving anybody financial advice, but I'm just saying we've got a big growth trajectory ahead of us. We certainly want to keep building towards it. So I think from a from a platform perspective, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of embedded value.
1: And we, we were talking a couple of days ago about e you know, the, the, the road management system. And we um, were discussing, you know, how do you bring law and order back to South Africa? You know, one of the small things you could do is just get people to respect red traffic lights, right? And uh, we were just talking about a use case scenario for uh, possibly NFTs, uh, I mean, maybe you can just elaborate on this, where, you know, whether you like it or not, we, we are in a kind of a surveillance state and, if you go to countries abroad, like United Kingdom and America and Australia, the cameras everywhere, every traffic light, you go through that, you're going to get a demerit point. And that, that could be represented on an NFT and it could be live. You know, th- th- this is this technology exists and it's probably coming sooner than we think. Would you agree with that? And have I, have I overstated the case a bit?
2: No, I don't think it's overstated. I think it's slightly nuanced where really. I think the entry onto a blockchain for the NFT would be for the asset you hold, i.e. your vehicle. And then you're going to have different layers of information on top of that. You're going to have, for that specific asset, you're going to have your ownership layer, which will be yourself or myself who owns the car. And that that links back to the Department of Home Affairs and, and, and your entry into the population register. You then get something where, let's say, you go over a red light, there's character recognition, and your number plate is picked up. You then, via a smart contract, put a traffic fine on top of that entry. So basically if you you've got X days to pay that, you have to pay the fine, but also it gives you it withdraws or takes one demerit point from from your profile. So all of this stuff is automated. I think in South Africa we, we sometimes want to have both best of both worlds you know but we all complain about the rule of law and the, and the fact that that needs to be upheld. This provides you with a secure way to do that. And as long as, obviously, your database and your blockchain is secure, it's a very efficient way to do so. Um, and then, obviously, you, you can do stuff like, let's say, someone hasn't paid all their fines. You can say, well, you can't sell your car until you've paid all your fines. There's a lot of incentive built into these smart contracts as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the libertarian and all of us, you know, maybe we're a little bit squeamish about some of the possibilities here that, that technology and surveillance introduces. But I think we all kind of cheer when we do see law and order prevailing. And um, and I have no doubt that uh, with the technology there, that this, this is going to become a feature of our lives. I've got a final question here. We're running out of time. A year from now, Hannes, when we talk about cryptos, what will we be talking about?
2: I look at it a year forward and I look five years forward. I think looking a year forward, you're going to see a lot more action, I think, on the crypto exchanges. Generally, we talk about futures, we talk about institutional adoption. I think the institutional market that Omar refers to so well, there's still a big part of that that needs to adopt the platform, um, I think, specific on the unit trust and the traditional asset manager spaces. If I look forward five years, um, I'm looking towards that NFT and buy in space space where I see a lot more people connected to it. Um, with, with every technology, Kirin, there's, there's an adoption curve. And I think five years from now, we'll be much further up that adoption curve. I think you're gonna see parts of the population that at this stage is still not part of it, will be, will be on that adoption curve. And I'm specifically thinking of the female part of the population. I think crypto at this stage is particularly male. Um, as a firm we are very conscious of that we want to bring more females responsibly onto the platform demonstrate the value to them etc so yeah looking forward five years i'm hoping for a much more inclusive and included space and one that benefits everybody
1: omar you got any final comments on that what are we going to be talking about a year five years from now
0: yeah in a year five years from now i think we're just going to be talking about institutional adoption of crypto i think it's going to be everywhere, every single institution. I think even the banks are going to start adopting it because it's just such an easier way to make payments compared to what the traditional system offers. Um, the fees are high. Um, everything just is, we're using a very traditional way or very slow method of making payments. And I think the payment space is what we're going to be looking forward to. And also the asset management space. I think that's on a DeFi um, platform would be where the world would be going. Um, lower asset management costs, I think, um, giving someone away 2-5% for just someone sitting and managing your assets for you will completely be wiped away if it actually goes onto to the DeFi space. And, and and I think that's what we need to look forward to. And I think that would really change the world for a better place. Wow.
1: Fascinating stuff. We're going to leave it there. Thank you so much, Hannes Vessels, who is the country head for Binance. And to Omar Iqbal, who is the CEO of 5West, for joining us on the Money With Crypto podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.